Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. Known for her infectious energy, Andrea Mind DeWitt is an author, speaker, and life coach who teaches high-performing leaders and others to see and step into their authentic lives. Andrea is the CEO of Andrea DeWitt Advisors, where she coaches heart-centered working professionals. Andrea holds a Master's of Education in Reading Leadership from the University of California, Berkeley, and is a certified professional coach through the Coactive Training Institute and the International Coaching Federation. Andrea is also the author of a soon-to-be-released book, Name, Claim, and Reframe, Your Path to a Well-Lived Life. Andrea, we are thrilled to have you today on Be Brave at Work. Thanks, Ed. I'm happy to be here. I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and how you are currently interacting in the marketplace. I am proof that it is never too late and you are not too old to live your dream. I spent the first 33 years of my career in education, everything from teaching in a classroom to being a reading specialist and working with emergent readers to working at the college level. And in my early 50s, uh, that wasn't working anymore. And I wasn't being truthful with myself. And I made a huge leap, and you talk about being brave, um, to go back to school and become a certified life coach. And it was so terrifying (laughs) because I had to let go of old identities and really face my fears that maybe people wouldn't take me seriously because I was an academic, Um, that maybe I wasn't smart enough, I was too old. I mean, name it. I think so many people that I work with want to do something different. I mean, they they come up against, I've done this and I don't want to do it anymore, and how do I shake that identity? And so I've lived it. And it it just was so freeing to be able to say, "I, I can do this and it's okay. Because you can, you really can change tracks. And I've done it successfully. Well, congratulations. And I love that you started with that point because I think when folks reflect on bravery in the workplace, one of the areas that they would love to be braver in is a career transition. And a lot of people don't 
because they fill their lives with what if, what if, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if I don't make any money? What if people don't accept me? So if you can, it would be interesting, I think, for our listeners, if you could reflect a little bit on you know, how you kind of battled back the what ifs that you just said, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to leave and I'm going to start something new. What went through your mind and what helped you get there? Well, I want to start with really you know, we we're talking about bravery here, Ed, and I want to talk about secrets, you know, and sort of our limiting beliefs that live underneath our armor. And the secret that I held, you know, is very laser focused on that career and, you know, went on to graduate school and did all that. But the little secret that I harbored for 50 years was that I was unscholarly because at, at seven years old, I was a late reader and I had my first, she was a teacher. She was a, a teacher, but she taught me something in a dissonant way. I had a teacher get very angry at me because I couldn't read. I couldn't decode words. And um, as a child, you don't have the uh, language to say, well, that's not true. <laughs> and I felt dumb and I felt unscholarly. Um, and on the way home from school, I was seven. I thought to myself, you know what? Damn it. I am not dumb. I am going to learn to read. And I'm going to teach other children to learn to read. And so that was the dirty little secret that drove that very ambitious woman all the way through 33 years, all the way ending with teaching at, a, at the college level. I want to say this because I think it connects to what I do now. There is nothing more magical than uh, witnessing a child decode a word with all the tools that they have learned. I mean, it's it's like teaching them to fish. They get to they get to decode a word on their own that leads to fluency that they can do on their own. And I think it ties to what I do now as a life and leadership coach in that I help people crack the code or decode the code of themselves with tools that help them to really live more fluent, happier lives. And so I, I put that little caveat in there because I had to overcome that um, limiting belief, which is really what my book that I'm, I hopefully will get a chance to, to dive into is talks about. I think if, if we're going to really make change in our lives, we have to go into our dark shadow places and look at those things that maybe you know, no longer fit who we are, who we want to be. Well, we all have secrets and we all have gremlins or voices in our head that tell us things that we don't want to hear or are not helpful. And if you can, Andrea, I'm just wondering if you can share with our audience, you know, what's one or two or three things that they should think about or consider or focus on if they want to make a career change? I will tell you, a lot of people, uh, especially when I left corporate America and transitioned to my new career, when I talked to them about a coaching opportunity, also say, oh, Ed, by the way, if we could also talk a little bit near the end of the call, how did you do what you did? Because they want to do it, right? They want to get out of their current corporate job and do their own thing. And so it potentially is an aspiration that many people have, but not as many people, I think, uh, take advantage of. So if you could just think about or just share, you know, what's one or two or three things people should think about or consider or invest in to help them transition if, in fact, this is something that they want to do? That's a really great question. I think that the first thing is what I started with is it's, I mean, anything's possible and, and it's never too late and you're not too old. And 
the first thing I would say is to talk to somebody <laughs> that's doing what you want to do. I mean, and just get an idea. You know, what do you, how did you get there? I mean, that's a great way to start. What's the pathway? I mean, everybody's pathway is different. I mean, that's how I, that's what I did. I talked to somebody who was doing what I wanted to do. And from that, I found a pathway. The second thing is leap and the net will appear. I mean, one small step at a time. I mean, what's one thing you can do to move closer? Maybe it's talking to someone. Maybe it's listening to a talk. Maybe it's taking a course. Um, maybe it's hiring a thought partner, like a, a life coach or a career coach that can help you sort of make a plan. But you don't have to do that. I think it's just once you start doing one thing that gets you in the, the pathway of what you want to do, then you're doing it, really. And, um, and, and do it fast. I mean, you know, if you can do something in, within one week deciding you're going to do it, then you're doing it. You're, you're on the way to that pathway. And that's in itself uh, freedom, empowerment, and belief that you can get it done. Because I think we get stuck thinking, oh, I, this is my identity. Right. And I, I think a lot of people don't take the opportunity to even consider doing something different. So just to recap your suggestions, which I loved, you know, the first one was this mentality or the context that anything is possible, that if it's in fact something that you want to do and would like to do, don't limit yourself and say, oh, I'm too old or it's too late or it's not going to work. But how do I make it happen? Spend more of your time creating a list of how I make it work than doing what we all typically do, which is fill up the glass and why it's not going to work. And then we never do anything. And then we only live to regret it. Your second tip, I think, is fantastic. And that's something that I did when I transitioned from corporate to coaching, which is to speak to others who are doing it, right? Find people who are successful at doing it and tap their brain. And you know, 99% of the people I spoke to prior to investing in my own business talk to me openly. They shared everything that I should know. And they were very open and honest. And, you know, maybe 1% was a little uh, secretive in respect to their perspective. But I think you will find that if you wanted to transition to another role, you'll find all the pluses and minuses. It might even modify your journey a little bit. So maybe it's not that exactly. But now I see it's something a little bit different now that I have information. And then the last thing, which I'm also a huge fan of, is baby steps, right? This isn't leave teaching and become a successful coach overnight, right? But make baby steps in that direction because uh, after a year goes by, you will be significantly in a different place than you were, just as you and I both were when we first left our last opportunity and are here today. So I just think baby steps and talking to somebody else. Uh, and this pertains to Graver as well, that if there's something I need to say to a, another person that is going to be hard for me to say or I think hard for them to hear, uh, talking to another person about it and practicing that message saying, hey, I need to talk to Andrea about something. I'm not sure how to say it or I don't think she's going to hear it well. So can I practice it on you? Uh, modifying your message, right? Baby step ways to do it are great ways to be more likely to say what you need to say and do what you need to do. I love your idea. I mean, and I, I am such um, a fan of this is saying it out loud to another person person and having them witness it. Um, when I decided to write this book, I had no, I was sitting in a community that I'm, I was in a coaching community. And I said, 
I've decided to pull back on my coaching practice a little bit, not take new clients because I'm going to write a book. And I, I thought, what did I just say? I've just said this huge thing. And it was out there. And then I thought, okay, well, you, then you, you've got to be brave and you've got to attempt to do that. You need to take steps to do, make that happen. And when you say it to someone else, it's, it's this empowering thing that you, you ha- suddenly have support from people that are going, yay, that is good. And they, they might even say, hey, you know, I've got an acquaintance or, you know, this is an alliance or you might check out this. And it's just, it kind of opened doors. I think when we say it out loud too, it, it makes it more real. <laughs> and also, um, I think this is a little life coachy woo woo, but I think the universe is conspires to um, help you live your best life. I really do. And I think opportunities arrive in your life, people arrive in your life, and pretty soon, oh my goodness, I'm closer than I thought I was. I am a huge fan of epiphanies, that things happen magically if you want them to, not all the time. You know, you're not going to win the lottery just because you wish that you'll win the lottery. But, you know, oftentimes those things can happen in ways that help you. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Andrea. Again, it's called Name, Claim and Reframe, Your Path to a Well-Lived Life. What was your thought in starting this book? And maybe what are two or three of the key messages that you share that might be of interest to our listeners? Well, thank you for asking because I'm really excited about it. It's it's being released on the 29th of November. It is a simple but not easy strategy. Name your triggers, the things that are holding you back. And that's like limiting beliefs, core wounds. And that's how, that, that takes bravery to go into that. And I, I talk a lot about in that first step, that naming step about secrets, like my secret of being unscholarly. I have clients that think that they they can't show emotion at work. You know, they, they hold themselves back and they really aren't stepping into their power and their potential because they haven't really been truthful with themselves. So it's really about naming the things that are holding you back so you can really step into your power and your potential. And in that is learning to respond instead of react. That's a huge one. And the claim is claiming the kind of energy that you want to embody so you can move forward and choose steps that really match with your core beliefs. The reframe's a little trickier. The reframe is detaching your ego from the outcome and really taking ownership. This is my part of it. But you know, if I really want that goal, I'm going to have to think, okay, what's my part? What's this person's part? And I want to be strategic as if we can go together towards that goal. So name your triggers, claim resonant actions that match up to your core beliefs and reframe your mindset so you can shift your perspective and be strategic in what you're doing going forward. Well, one of the topics I think resonates most for me, and I think all three are important. So naming your trigger you know, we talk a lot about triggers. We all have them, whether we believe it or not. You know, it might be an audio trigger, a visual trigger, a behavioral trigger, a time of day trigger, you know, whatever it might be. You know, we all have something that set us off in a particular direction. Yet, I think the one that resonates most with bravery at work is really reframing. And we tell people who listen, and as we talk about bravery at work, 
one of the key things that you need to recognize is that if you do want to say something to your boss that might be hard to say or you think might be hard for him or her to hear is recognize that if that you're doing it to help them right you're not doing to judge them or belittle them or debate them but you believe that something they're doing or not doing is not helping them and you want to help them right so in your mind and in your perspective and hence in your commentary and behavior you have to be believing that your outcome is to help them recognize what it is that they're doing or not doing and talk about things they could be doing a little bit more effectively to be successful. Right. But I do believe that that, you know, the, the choice to respond instead of react begins with us. So with something, if there's an exchange that goes on in the workplace and you are triggered to go, like I would say a wounded response would, for me, I tend to go controlling. I think, okay, why am I going controlling here? So, I'm, ca- I'm going to catch myself thinking, okay, I'm going controlling. I'm going to, I don't want to be that way. So I'm going to, I'm going to choose to just get curious about where we're going here. And then from there, I've, I've caught my, my personal trigger. And then I'm, I'm going to take it above and really respond in a way that I'm curious about this. Help me understand how this is all going to work or how can we work together? So it's really in, in the naming phase and it's, I agree with you. It's about working together, but it starts with ourselves and our truth within. That's naming a shadow part of ourselves. I mean, I am controlling and I, that's a, <laughs> I mean, I have to catch myself all the time. I was like, okay, what am I afraid of? I mean, control is about fear. So why am I trying to control this situation? It's really out of my control. And how can I respond? Right. And I think part of what you're describing and what be should be important for people to think about, I think, and correct me if you feel differently, is self-awareness, right? That you are aware enough, and this is not easy. And in fact, this is as hard to do as anything because we're so caught in the moment that we don't even think about and have time to pause and say, hey, do I want to be controlling or do I want to be dictatorial? Or do I want to be argumentative? Whatever it might be, uh, is having a high self-awareness. And that's where I think your idea of triggers come in. Because if in advance, if I need to have this conversation with my boss, I can pre-identify what some triggers might be, right? How is this going to not work well? What might this boss do or say or behave that's going to trigger me? I can be better prepared to navigate them than if I don't think about them at all and just go in and then they say something that triggers me and the whole conversation collapses. Well, then you're prepared. Then you can actually think, okay, there's a potential that I could be triggered by this. And maybe I can go in with an intention that I'm going to bring, you know, confidence and connection and ideas where I want to connect and have something I can offer to them. So then you're responding instead of reacting. Right, right. So I think a key takeaway for our listeners is think about this uh, model of responding and being better prepared versus reacting, which I assume you talk deeply about in your forthcoming book, Name, Claim, and Reframe. And Andrea, it has been fantastic having you as a guest today and sharing some of your thoughts and observations about bravery at work. If folks want to learn more about you, and I assume your website will have a link to your forthcoming book, where can they reach out to you? AndreaAdvisors.com. 
All right, AndreaDeWittAdvisors.com. Andrea, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.